Hi, meteorologist Don Paul here on my podcast, Bits O'Blather on weather, climate, and science. And as always, I ask you, please, if you're enjoying this growing podcast, it could use another shot in the arm from you. Word of mouth, word of keyboard. That is the only way non-national figures uh, can experience more rapid growth and uh, get a larger audience going. We are getting some decent growth, but a long, long way to go. La Nina, it's in progress. Many of you have heard of La Nina, and of course, even more of you have heard of El Nino. And La Nina is often thought of as the opposite of El Nino, but that is a tremendous oversimplification and is generally not truly the case in terms of precipitation and in different parts of the country. Now, in the part of the country where I'm recording this, not far from Buffalo, New York, uh, La Nina varies greatly on how strong the La Nina is. The current La Nina we are undergoing, and I'll explain quickly what it is, that is a shifting of cooler than average equatorial waters in the Pacific toward the Eastern Pacific. Uh, and that means the warmer waters are piled up in the Western Pacific. And with these cooler waters in the Eastern Pacific being especially deep, in this La Nina, there is high confidence this La Nina will persist through the winter and won't really begin to phase out until we get to the spring. Uh, El Nino and La Nina are two of the fewer variables in how a season can go, which are predictable a few months in advance and last more than just a few weeks. Many of the other variables, which can cause drastic changes in the weather over a shorter period of time, are only predictable two weeks, maybe three weeks in advance, such as the North Atlantic Oscillation. When it goes into its cold phase, that can bring a drastic change for much of Eastern North America and increase storminess along the East Coast. A similar uh, thing can happen with another oscillation, the Arctic Oscillation, uh, when it goes into its cold phase. When both of those, the NAO, and the AO go into their warm phase, then Pacific air tends to flood the lower 48 states with Arctic air retreating well to the north and the polar vortex retreating well to the north, in fact, heading up to the North Pole. When that happens, most of the bitter polar air masses stay bottled up closer to the North Pole and milder than average conditions prevail. Now, with the La Nina we have now, uh, this is a moderate to strong La Nina, and that's different from a weak La Nina. A weak La Nina's impacts are much less and much more inconsistent than such the current uh, La Nina is likely to produce, the moderate to strong La Nina. So here's what is known over decades of study of the climatology associated with stronger La Niña's. And remember, no two La Niña's and no two El Niño's are identical. But in general, a warmer than average temperatures can be expected to prevail across the southern United States uh, most of the time right on through the winter, warmer than average for the winter time season. With the greatest chance this winter being seen over southern New Mexico and southern Texas across the Gulf states, and a slight tendency during December, January, and February for warmer than average conditions from about Cleveland to the East Coast. And that includes New York City, all the big East Coast cities. 
a tendency toward milder than average temperatures over a long period of time does not mean every single day is going to be warmer than average. I don't think many of you would make that mistake, but if you were thinking about, oh boy, warm all winter, it doesn't work that way. The best chance for below average temperatures during this time period will be over the north central states, especially for lightly populated North Dakota and Northeast Montana. Uh, this is during December, January, and February. We advance a little farther out into the winter, further out, and uh, similar tendencies over the north, central, and Pacific Northwest states. The area of warmer than average temperatures stays largely unchanged. And as far as precipitation goes, uh, the news across the Southwest is as dry as that part of the country can be. It gets most of its precipitation during the winter months. And this winter, because of a persistent and fairly strong La Nina, less precipitation than average is expected across central and southern California, as well as the southwest, extending up into southeast Colorado and parts of western Kansas, western Oklahoma. And uh, that sounds like automatic bad news for next year's wildfire season, while this one is still roaring and ju just an awful one. Uh, the most acreage ever burnt in California, and it's only uh, getting into late October. The wildfire season is nowhere near over. Uh, so we're talking about that deficit where drought conditions are starting to enhance over Southern California, probably worsening during the winter months. However, just for uh, anyone who's listening in California, when you get a wet winter, that's no panacea either because that increases the growth rate in the spring and there's tremendous increase in foliage, br uh, brushes, brush and uh, weeds and vegetation of all types. And then what happens when you have abundant vegetation is the inevitable dry season, not related to a, a specific drought, always occurs in Central and Southern California every summer and every early autumn. So at that time, this vegetation dries up and provides more fuel for wildfires. So with the additional impacts of a warming climate, uh, California, at least central and southern California, can't seem to win. Now, in my part of the country, uh, because this is a fairly strong La Nina, that has been correlated with the winter ending up being milder than average when all is said and done. But it does not preclude, not near Buffalo, uh, some occasional breakdowns in the pattern due to that North Atlantic or the Arctic isolation taking on its cold phase. Uh, and due to climate change and the exceptionally warm conditions in the Arctic, uh, the warmer temperatures in the Arctic present less of a temperature contrast with those in the mid-latitudes of North America. That weakens the polar jet stream, slows it down, and when the polar jet stream weakens, it tends at times to buckle southward in some parts of the continent, especially if you have a cold phase of the North Atlantic Oscillation. So in the midst of this La Nina, you can still get a few weeks of some brutal winter conditions that are simply not predictable on October 21st. No one this early in the cold weather season can foresee how things may break down for a few weeks, say in later December or in January or February. 
So when I tell you that La Nina is associated when it's a strong one like this one with a milder than average winter across uh, a good part of the eastern and especially the southern United States, this does not preclude these unforeseeable breakdowns for several weeks where you can get a hellacious period of weather in the Great Lakes for a few weeks and then you go back later on to milder than average conditions. And uh, one example of this I mentioned in an earlier episode in the winter of 2001-2002, uh, we had an extremely cold phase of the Arctic and North Atlantic oscillations. Uh, this was forecast about a week in advance. And uh, during Christmas week in 2001, Buffalo had its snowiest week in its history, going back to 1871, 82 inches of snow. And when the winter was done, while snowfall ended up a little above average, most of it fell in that one week. And the rest of the winter had less snow than you would typically see in western New York and milder than average temperatures for at least a portion of that winter. So that's my basic point. La Nina does favor warmer and drier conditions than average across the southern United States, a slight tendency toward warmer than average conditions in the eastern Great Lakes. And as you move farther toward the east coast, that uh, tendency increases a little bit. And the best chance for colder than average temperatures from a strong La Nina are in the north central states and the Pacific Northwest. And uh, the best chance for above average precipitation uh, will tend from the Great Lakes into the Ohio Valley and also in the Pacific Northwest, while the drier conditions uh, prevail across the south. So that's the basic picture and what we know about La Nina. And I will keep you updated on this throughout the cold weather months and talk to you real soon.